Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge <laughs> one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid any lazy negativity, we are making this a drinking game. <sighs> any lazy negativity about a film is not allowed. <sighs> what? It's not? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We keep it positive here. That's the point of our game. So anytime we say anything negative about a film, you're going to hear this sound. Ooh. And we're drinking. I got Bell's Two Hearted Ale, 7%, ready to rock for Dear Evan Hansen. Ooh. I would say pour yourself a glass, but Jeff would be unconscious after a glass of that. <laughs> so uh, let's just dive straight into uh, to Dear Evan Hansen. All right, oh, Dave said Evan that through Hansen. gritted teeth. All right, I'm very excited to talk to you both. Um, as always, people, we always stay spoiler-free for about 10 minutes or so while we give you some initial reactions. So if you haven't seen it yet and you just want to know what we thought, spoiler-free, stick around for a couple minutes and then we'll send you on your way. Uh, but before we get into Dear Evan Hansen, John, who are we going to shout out? We're going to shout out the usual suspects. We have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozzo. The handle on Instagram mm. is cbarozzo bar 2019. Give him a follow. That's C-B-A-R-O-Z-O-B-A-R-2019. And if you're digging this music, it's it's every episode, folks. This is the music for every episode, beginning, middle, and end. It's provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein. D-A-S-E-I-N. Head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist and download all that music for free. Speaking of music. Dear Evan Hansen mm. is a musical. Apparently some people, some reviews I've been trying Didn't to read, so I don't think some people knew it was a musical. And I think that's why they might be so bitter. And I think some people are upset because they love the musical and they're mad about the oh, movie. No. But we're going to talk this, about this it. Remind, this totally reminds me of the time my dad took me to see the, the new horror movie that, at the pitches in Australia called Little Shop of Horrors. Sure, yeah, the new horror movie, exactly. He had no idea. By the by, the third reprise of Suddenly Seymour, he was just almost the fuck out of there. Like, what the he only stayed because of me. This is, yeah. Singing isn't Wait. scary. <laughs> Wait, John, are you saying that people who like musicals didn't... Are you saying that people didn't realize this was a musical when they started reviewing it? No, I was, I was making a more general statement that I think some people may have literally not realized it was a musical. And I think some people who have been reviewing it, this movie has not been getting very favorable reviews. Hopefully we can counter that. I think some of them are pissed because they are huge fans of the stage musical and are having the typical issues when a musical gets adapted. But we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Uh, well, I want to I want to talk with the viewers. I actually, all the reviewers that I read, which I didn't read before the movie, but I just, we'll talk about it. None of them made it seem like they even wanted to see the musical. In fact, a lot of them were like angry that they had to write this review and it made me yeah. fucking furious. Actually. I saw I saw I saw a review that actually slammed the shit out of it that came out three days before the movie was released. It's like, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah there was I one that it, was like, oops, sorry, it, I must was, have missed the, it, the, the the Broadway run. And it's like, also, it was not someone. Yeah, it's not someone that would have had access to a preview. I'll say that as well. So. Really? Because I read a few that uh, this came out at the Toronto Film Festival, and I read yeah. a few reviews from critics who had obviously seen either a press screening for the festival or, mm. you know, the screening with everybody else, because they seem to be yep. released around there. Um, I'll quote a few of them a little bit later, but Jeff, introduce this thing just in case I had never seen the musical before. So why don't you just set it up for us so we can have our usual combo, and then I'll, I'll definitely quote some some negative reviews, and hopefully we can maybe turn it around. The... Those reviews made me fucking furious. So I'm not saying this is a perfect movie, but yeah. but I'm going to fucking ball for this movie after reading those reviews because all of those reviewers can go fuck themselves. Okay, so yeah. this is uh, Dear Evan Hansen. 
Dear Evan Hansen, this came out the year after Hamilton on Broadway and immediately sold out like crazy. Won a whole bunch of Tony Awards, including Best Leading Actor in a Musical, starring then 23-year-old Ben Platt, who reprises his role in this. Anybody who has been alive in the past two weeks knows that as soon as the second trailer came out, everybody said he was too old for the role. It's okay. This is more of a historical record piece. Also, his father produced the film. That's right. Mark Platt is one of the producers of this. But yes, it's because of how monumental his performance was in the Broadway production. Ben Platt gets the leading role here. Julianne Moore, Caitlin Dever, Amy Adams, uh, Colton Ryan, and other people that you might recognize are in this film. So obviously a couple of big names, some Oscar winners and nominees. You have uh, the director is Stephen Chbosky, who did... Um, Perks of Being a Wallflower, which, by the way, I love. I love Perks of Being a Wallflower as a coming-of-age movie. Did you you see what else he did? You know, I meant to look it up. There are are two other credits. He has two other directing credits. I want to say one is extremely loud, but I think that's not true. What what are they? Do you know? I don't know. I was just amazed they handed this film over to a director with three directing credits. I think it's... it's, I think it's because of Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I think he adapted his own book. Yeah, that was his Uh, book, yeah. He, he wrote Beauty and the Beast, a oh, wonder, wonder, wonder and, be- yeah. and he wrote Beauty and the Beast. Um, so yeah, it was just perks and wonder and then something in the, in the 90s. So not a, not, a, not a ton of things. Uh, and then the writer, it was uh, Stephen Levinson, who won a Tony for writing the book of the musical on Broadway. And Pasek and Paul, who you might know, uh, wrote the lyrics to La La Land. And they've written other musicals of notes. Um, yeah. Greatest Showman. Greatest Show? Uh, oh, fuck yeah, Greatest Show, man. Yeah, mm. And the synopsis. I don't know if I even want to read the synopsis after reading all the reviews and everybody missing the boat on this, what this movie's about because everybody gets so tied up on the sociopath thing that they forget that that's, that's sort of what happens, but that's not like the point of the movie. But yeah. um, it's, a, it's about a kid who has clearly social issues and he's medicated you know, and anxious and doesn't have any friends who... Um, is in an unfortunate situation where somebody who he has a couple interactions with on the first day of his senior year of high school ends up taking their own life. And because Evan Hansen wrote a a note to himself that said, Dear Evan Hansen, hence the title of the movie, that mentioned this kid's sister in it. I know that sounds a little complicated, but people think it's the suicide note that the kid who died wrote to Evan. And Evan is stuck in this weird quagmire. So he just essentially lies and said, yes, we were friends. Uh, We didn't know each other that well, but we were friends. And when he sees the family grieving, he starts to just make up stories about how he was actually a good kid and he was troubled, but he was a nice, loving person. And then these (laughs) lies spiral out of control until the point where he actually almost embraces it and he becomes this popular kid, the best friend of the dead kid. That's what Dear Evan Hansen's about, not whatever the fuck anybody was writing about in those reviews. <laughs> I mean, they were pretty much writing about Ben Platt's face. They were the mostly reviews. they were mostly ages, yeah. which I love when like progressive people are like, he shouldn't get this role because of the way he looks. Like it's just it's hilarious to me, and and it's I know there's a lot of different kinds of issues related to that, like the the looks and appearance hmm. thing. But we'll, we'll come we'll come back to that. Okay. Because uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. I, I, it's the elephant in the room. We've got to talk about like whether that worked or not. Yes, I, I just they. 
it's for the record. This movie is for the record. It was the Broadway production and obviously Mark Platt's the producer, but they were like, we want Ben's performance on record, but it took them five years to get this movie going, which it does. Mm. It's what happens. So he was 27 when they filmed it and he looked 10 years out of high school. And so people gave him a hard time and and it's true. He does look too old to be in high school. Hmm. So just, just for the record, this is, yeah, it is getting slammed and didn't do too well. It took uh, 7.5 million of its opening weekend. That's bad. Just to put that in perspective, Cats took 6.5. Yeah, and apparently they were only estimating 10. You know, it is still a weird time. Uh, they weren't yeah. so they weren't expecting like gigantic home runs here, but they it did come in under the estimated amount. Uh, yeah, let I me just they, kick yeah, it I off. I think they were hoping it would ride in on the on the Broadway success. I think they were hoping that would get them across the line. But I think they definitely, definitely were. So, yeah. all right, so let's yeah. let's tackle that first. Let's just get those bad bad comments out. So, yeah, apparently, like half the critics are just pissed off because Ben Platt is 27 years old. Uh, here is uh, Allison Wilmore. Uh, Critic for the Vulture in the New York Magazine. If there were any chance of making this character look like something other than a monster, it rested on emphasizing his raw youth, Jesus which makes Christ. the casting of an obviously grown man just hunching his shoulders an act of sabotage that's near avant-garde. So that's uh, that's Can- one voice from the the... He's too old and I can't get past it and it's making me this uncomfortable. This is a reviewer calling the lead mm-hmm. of a movie about suicide, about high school suicide, and they're calling the lead of the movie a monster. And they yeah. wonder why everybody's angry at everybody all the time. Yeah. This is an this is a reviewer. I'm not sure all right, it's so here's, so, 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 so it's basically, just to, to, just to frame it for us, there are two giant schools of thought. One is that people are upset because he was older. Another one is that whether or not these people understood the story and the the crux of his ethical dilemma and, you know, whether or not they think it got pulled off, I think they were really upset about how it read on film. So that's the other school of thought. So we have uh, Robert Daniels, RogerEbert.com. Steven Swabowski's cinematic adaptation of Dear Evan Hansen is a total misfire. It's an emotionally manipulative, overlong dirge composed of cloying songs, lackluster vocal performances, and even worse writing. And then we have uh, from David Gordon from Theater Mania. On stage, it's a tearjerker, a wrenching grief story for the grownups, and generally frank examination of psychological issues that aren't really addressed in mainstream media to the plethora of young fans. It strains credulity. We know it's not real, but we go with it anyway, and it provides a nice little catharsis amid the moral gray area as we buy the cast album uh, on the way out. However, for the film, he says... uh, Dear Evan Hansen has always been controversial in the eyes of the musical fans. There's no doubt that it was uh, a stage production was greatly successful, generating a lot of money. However, if there was a character, if there was a chance of making this character look like something other than a monster, it rested on emphasizing his youth. Allison Gilmer comes in right there. So, yeah. So basically, people are very frustrated. <laughs> I thought, I thought Jeff, Jeff went to get a baseball bat then. He got up and left for a second. I was like, coming back with a weapon. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. don't get it. He, he's a Machiavellian villain in a story where he's written to be the hero. Even well, actions we which we sort of shrug off a- after seeing it on Broadway because they're presented with hints of ambiguity are truly grotesque in celluloid. So, all right. So basically, th- all right. So in principle, let's let's give them some weight here before we just try to turn it around and destroy anyone's perception that, that that's how this should be seen. I, I think, look, folks, if you go see this, you're going to be emotionally affected. And I think even they were emotionally affected. They're just doing that thing that critics do where they're gripping onto anything they can. There are some things that you can get away with they, with the they distance. They really picked the low-hanging fruit, too. I know, yeah. yeah. 
I, as if the writers from... didn't know these things. They didn't know he looked a little old. They didn't know he was playing somebody who became a sociopath. Yeah, I mean, I, they, so they treat he's... these writers as if they don't know these things, which is what but makes that's, me really that's the thing. Like he's he's his opposite playing a twenty eight year old playing opposite playing a, a twenty five year old who is they both meant to be sixteen. Granted, her suspension of disbelief for making sixteen not as big as his was. Yeah, but I would go as far as to say that's the least that's wrong with this film. Yeah, and you know what? I, I'm with you, Dave. There, this is not a perfect film. Obviously, it's not great. Structurally, not perfect. It's really we talk about this all the time. It's really hard. Songs are stories within themselves. So to put a million micro stories in a movie is very, very complicated. And and really, only a couple of movie musicals have actually pulled it off with at at the most like absolute success. I love that mm. this was a cash grab because it's successful, and so they're just trying to cash in. But Hamilton, who went, which went on Disney Plus for just selling its you know selling its broadway performance won a fucking emmy but that wasn't a cash grab but this is a cash grab like it's just the 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 both sidesism of everything don't you disparage hamilton i'm not disparaging <laughs> it, it's the it's the mentality of this also there's a lot of movies about sociopaths that we like but for this one everybody hates because you know there's a lot of other things going on here but it's like they're not they're not actually evaluating the gray area all of those things that that john said they sound really angry but very few of them actually point to anything specific i give you a point as to why though because i spoke to someone today who has seen um the musical and has like heard about the movie and that's apparently the songs that were cut from the film because they do cut about four or five of them from what i've heard um actually deal with his ambiguity and the fact that him lamenting that he's not quite comfortable with this and all that sort of thing and if you take all of that out it just becomes a deception the whole way it's i was yeah. gonna ask so you the guys, character the character reads completely differently on I, film than i was it gonna does ask in you guys his, so dave you just said it but jeff have you seen the stage play i saw it twice i saw it once with ben platt and once with taylor trench Okay, so uh, yeah, so and I figured that you were at the very least. I figured you were familiar with the the cast album and the soundtrack. Does so this, when you started with you Taylor, that, were you picturing Ben Platt in the role? Because that was his excuse for taking it. <laughs> Wait, that was because he's like no one. He, yeah, Ben Platt. He, when they asked his justification for taking on the role was no, it was such a prominent role, no one could picture anyone but me in it anyway. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, has, I know what you mean. He, so, he got really angry. He got really angry yeah. after the trailer, and he said some shit. Um, what I would say about Ben is Ben was, Ben was magnetic. There was nothing you could say about the, the, especially the songs. So whatever qualms you had with the show, whenever he was singing and performing the songs, the the walls of the theater were, were shaking with just like, it was, it was really powerful. It was, his performance was powerful is what I would say. I'm not saying it was the most brilliantly sculpted thing, but it was really, it was really high magnitude stuff. So why don't you why don't you start us off then? Since you're the only one who's seen the musical, did you feel like did you feel like this was a wise adaptation, or were, before we could talk about the execution of it, do you feel like just the adaptation itself was bad or good structurally on the page, kind of thing? I, here's the, I, there's one thing that there's well, there's kind of two things that I thought that they actually handled well in this movie. And again, I'm not saying this is a great movie or anything like that. I'm fighting for it because I hate all the critics, but, and also you at home listening to this, if you watched the movie and you didn't like it, I don't think Dave particularly loved it here, but it's, it's okay. It's, it's obviously fine. It's just the, the way in which you, you know, you're really, I just, I just hope people understand what it's going for and they give them some credit. Um, they don't talk about what he's struggling with in the stage show. 
So we know that there are pills. We know he is a therapist, but they don't say what it is. And then I think in the movie, it's nice because Alana, the character, is just she kind of comes across as a social climber in the in the show. So she's actually a weird antihero where she kind of all of a sudden starts leading this charge to to remember Connor. But we have no idea why. And I actually think they fleshed that out. And in doing so, they Mm. connected Ben and Alana because really what this movie is about is you will be found. The idea of that invisible people think that nobody will care if they vanish from the earth. It's really about the suicide. And I think one thing that is also incredibly, incredibly forgotten in this is that Ben, by Ben, I mean Evan, Evan is Connor, the guy who killed himself. Ben just didn't kill himself, but he tried to. And in not, in failing suicide, which it sounds weird because I'm kind of obviously, thank God he didn't, but he's a nobody. You know, and and I know this sounds fucked up, but that's what this movie's about, is about this gray area. If he followed through, he is in a cast because he tried to kill himself and he fell out of a tree and he ended up catching himself and, and living. Thank God again. But like if he did pass away, then maybe he would have gotten an orchard named after him. But instead, he was a nobody. And the only time anybody mm. cared about him is when he became a sociopath. I, and I think I, that's I, a really yeah, interesting I, gray area. I, he wouldn't have got an orchard named after him. He didn't he didn't have another sociopath trying to bang his sister. <laughs> well, we don't we I guess we don't know. But no, that's a good point. No, I, I'm, I'm, you're right. It's it's complicated stuff, and I'm not saying they do it perfectly, but I thought diagnosing Evan a little bit in this movie and letting him and Alana connect that was good. We had to cut some of the songs because I, I did I did like Alana's story. Um, yeah, I, I I resonated with her mm-hmm. more than Evan, I would say. Yeah, so fine, fine, fine. Um, and then they they added this, they added the Alana song. Alana doesn't have that song where they're singing um, about the about the invisible people. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. and again, that's what this is about. It's Evan even gets up on stage at the the Act One climax where he basically turns into Heisenberg right after that. But the most honest thing he does in the movie is look out and say, "Stop trying to tell people that you care about them after they're dead." You know, like you should you should. Talk to the invisible people now, you know, because they should know that there are other people who feel like them. And that's the most honest thing he said in the movie. And I actually thought they fleshed that out pretty well. I thought the Zoe thing made more sense in this. In the show, they start dating quicker. So when they sing that song, Only Us, in this case, it was like they fell in love now. But in the show, they'd already been dating. And so the song just didn't have any stakes. So I actually do think that that this was actually... I didn't love the staging of the first show. It's hard where there's like 10 cast members and no set. So I actually thought that this was directed better, believe it or not, even though it was still imperfect. But anyway, that's what I think. Oh my God, that was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> the gush alarm was unexpected. Dave, what did you think? I didn't dude? think we were going to use the we didn't do this our, time around. We didn't do it like our usual, you know, walk around the room and ask everybody what yeah. we think. So d- just, Dave, do you have, if you do have any I guess we're in spoilers. Are we in spoilers? <laughs> I think we are I mean, now. We, since we, you, you we, gave we away the past spoilers, <laughs> since yeah, you gave away the whole goose. But uh, I, I, I don't know if it get, like if it's something that's already been out for like what five years. I, the, the, the limitation on spoilers is three days, guys. We're good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like if you if you've seen the musical, you pretty much get most of the story in the musical. So it's yeah. Um. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Man. You. Just say it. Mm. It's okay. You didn't like the movie. I, it's it's not a yeah, great no, movie. I didn't. It's fine. I didn't. I did not like it at. All what the protagonist I found completely unlikable. I found him completely unlikable, except maybe twice. <laughs> what were the two times? The rest of the rest of the times you're trying to strangle him, like uh, yeah. the well, the, it was the uh, the two moments I liked best were the the Dear Evan Hansen song and the viral speech montage. But Dear Evan Hansen, you mean the tree, the trio, where the three guys yeah. are singing, yeah, yeah, where they're writing the letters, yeah, yeah. that one, yeah, um, 
and uh, yeah, and the and the viral speech montage where it it blew up and went yeah. viral, and it was like everyone was piling on about how good it was, and that was a really inspirational moment. Yeah. But they smashed the shit out of it twenty minutes later. Yeah, he, he goes or, he goes full know, Heisenberg right after that. Yeah, it's it it's just it for me it was a roller coaster I didn't want to be on. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know like basically the. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to put. Okay, so th- this movie makes you feel the same as when your grandmother calls you a. <laughs> <laughs> it's slightly endearing, but it's just not right. <laughs> it's slightly endearing. I want to meet your grandma. <laughs> I'm giving him the gush. Why did you gush him? him? <laughs> Why did my that was the greatest. I think that's the greatest review statement we've ever heard uttered on this your show. Grandma, because he can. It's slightly endearing. <laughs> I, I want to meet your grandma. So I, I guess I met her at your wedding. Oh my god! Oh man, that's so funny. Flesh that out, please. <laughs> Walk that out. Well, it's it's just there's there's certain things about um like Platt's performance that didn't. It was almost like he wasn't directed to not act for theater. So like some of the some of the when he was emoting, it looked almost painful or terrifying or there, there was like these things that he accentuated with his face that tra- would translate fantastic on a stage, but it's, you know, 20 foot tall in your face. And it was like, Ugh! like it pulls, it pulls you out of it. You're distracted by it. And so I, I didn't like some of it, some elements of his performance. Some of his characterization though was great. I'll give it that. Um, all of the supporting cast could not fault them. Yeah. I thought they were all great. Um, where I will pull you up and I'm notorious for this, but, the fucking sound mix. What the actual fuck? The, I, I saw some, this. I heard some things I too. Saw, I saw this in Dolby Surround, like the, the Dolby uh, Cinema. I don't have a 2K dip in my hearing. I will never need the vocals that fucking loud. Yeah, the vocals. Like they loud, literally yeah. mixed it like the musical. The, the orchestra sounded like it was 20 feet behind the screen. <laughs> yeah, Tell it almost it was, sounded, it it sounded was, like yeah, they were I, going for, like they were trying to make it sound drier, like the vocal track, like it was more yeah. forward. The really pedestrian sound, like they were singing sake, throw live. Throw some bass in. Throw some piss mine, in. Like some bass. bass. Mine was mine wasn't that. I, I did notice that they were trying to mix it to sound less like a. If you're if you are a hundred yards away from a stage, mm. it has to be mixed that way so that all of it reaches you at once because an orchestra is sitting in front of the actors. But for the musical, this, for a yeah. film, it, you know, it's it's a little bit different. And I figured they yeah. were trying to manipulate that. And I also felt like there were some songs that they were literally trying to have them. I don't know if he did sing them live, but it, they wanted it to sound like there was a weird mixture that wasn't quite uh, mm. clarified on whether or not he was singing and whether or not he was imagining and whether or not he was speaking and whether or not he was performing and singing at the same time in the show's reality. And I guess that yeah. was intended. Uh, I'm not sure if it worked for me the whole time. I mean, there's, um, there's also things like like there were some of the cinematography. It looked like some of it they lit naturally, so it just yeah. it came across with a different like um, that's been really picky though. It has a different different contrast ratio in in one particular scene um, where they're dancing to the rest of the film. Uh, and then there's like there was times where I'm sure the cast had either pissed off the makeup artist or the lighting guy because in one scene they had contours on their face and the, the next time it was flat and round. And it was it was like people people's looks actually changed from one point to the next in the movie depending on where they were. Interesting, mm. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, I, I noticed some of those some of those things too. Dave, do you um, think that just real fast was it mostly his performance when you say the protagonist, or do you think there was also just stuff like I was asking Jeff, like on the page for this particular adaptation that it wouldn't have mattered if he had 
uh, you know, had a much better performance in your eyes, would it still not have really gotten over the hump of the problem with the way that character is portrayed it, in the script? Uh, written? Probably not, to be honest, because it had the writing going against it as well, because like basically going in almost completely blind, I saw, I read almost nothing about the Air of Enhanced. And I was like, I'm going to go in. I'm just going to watch this for what it is. Nice. And he really comes across as a fucking asshole. He's, he's like, he gets caught in this thing. And then he starts embellishing the shit out of it. It's like this kid is dead. Yeah. What are you doing? And you you want to you want like just you just like stop it, stop it, stop it. And every time he makes it worse, and so you end up in this state of rage by the end of it. Yeah, I do think yeah. again. I think that I think I think it was intentional by the the writers. Which I'm not saying that means it was good, but a lot of the reviewers that made me mad just just discredited that it was intentional that that was happening because you could tell that they they wanted to at least make it come across that he didn't mean to do this it just sort of came out of him spontaneously and then he went with the flow i'm not saying Hmm. it's right and i'm not saying that you should embrace that when you're seeing the movie but i i agree and even knowing that it was coming there there were times where i was like i want to walk out of the theater this is so yeah this is just i mean i i get it like it's like it, it begs the question is it morally wrong to give people hope based on a lie and uh, I think yeah, we, we which, know the which I think was which I think was how his intention started. But yes, it is, mm-hmm. and we now have that firmly established right. because you want to kill this guy by the end yeah. of the movie. And and it's it it comes too late, really. Well, I have to buzz you because you just said you want to kill the lead of our guy who tried <laughs> to kill himself. But um, the so again, the point is um, he didn't want this, and then it spiraled, and he couldn't help it. Wait, shit, that's not the point I was going to make. Um, fuck, I can't remember what I was going to say. John, you, you go and I'll try to get it back. You know, it's weird. I watched, uh, I texted you guys about this uh, in my ethics class. We watched The Farewell last week, yeah. which also yeah. deals mm. with a lie. And, you know, they, you know, about anyone who didn't see that, um, it's about yeah. um, Aquafina plays a, a young woman whose grandmother, who lives in China, is sick. And the entire, her Chinese family basically all goes to see her. And they're all living this lie and pretending that she's not sick because. You know, there's a ruse to get them all together. So it's a similar thing. Is there a good lie? And then, you know, watch this. And um, yeah, there is something that I guess that's why I kept wanting to know. And part of me almost like sat down and listened to the musical soundtrack just to see if some things would have gotten filled in. Slash, if I could imagine being 100 yards away from a stage and not having as many opportunities for moments like up close where you can see what's going on behind the eyes, which is if I had one very specific, there are two big problems that I think I would say are dramaturgically appropriate that I'm not going to, I don't like the way the critics articulated their arguments. It was petty the way they said it. Surprise, surprise, a critic yeah. was petty, but um, dramaturgically, I, mean, I, my grandma into it. I yeah, do think right. that it all <laughs> rides, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> it all rides on this scene where he first goes this is, to this his episode's parents' going to be our most bleeped episode. <laughs> <laughs> where Evan first goes to Connor, who's passed away at this point, his parents' house. Uh, and yeah. Connor's sister is the girl he has a crush on. And he gets wrapped up in talking about this story that never happened, where they went to this orchard together. And he's just making up memories of their friendship that never existed. And with the urgency of stage and the enormous amount of suspension of of disbelief that is yeah. you know required as an audience member in a theater and the fact that it's a pop musical it's not just a musical this is not Stephen Sondheim it's a Pascal Paul musical I mean, it is a pop musical so it kind of was it, it, there was only one real poppy song in it 
Well, that, I think this is what pop music theater sounds the, like the, right the now. The, struct- the structure of the songs was just pop structures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, for I think what didn't work for me for a but done movie, very sentimentally, too sentimental. Yeah. Not pop. a lot of fucking foot tappers is a whole what lot I of sentiment. Take away from this. A whole yeah. lot of sentiment. <laughs> a lot of foot tappers. Sorry, Joey. Keep a whole lot of sentiment, which is you know we can credit discredit that on its own. Uh, but there were too many opportunities in that one scene for me to say stop. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's not, I don't know if it's working that a song is supposed to be driving him through his lack of conflict. Yeah. And big picture dramaturgically, even if this was just the musical, and I was friends with Pascal Paul and uh, what's his name who wrote the book? Uh, Levinson? St- Stephen Levinson. Stephen Levinson. If I was friends with them and they're like, hey, John, we're workshopping this musical. Come give us your thoughts. Not a final product. If there was a final product, I would say, good job. You guys made a good, a good one. But if I was involved early on, I would ask them, have you considered having the friend who plays uh, his only friend who helps him write the emails and stuff, have you considered strengthening that character to be the voice of conflict as opposed to waiting until the very end for Evan to finally be the own, his own voice? Because I feel like there was, there was a missing element where somebody, yeah. there was an opportunity for somebody to really push against him and challenge him the entire way. It would have raised everybody's stakes you would have felt more wrapped up in the conflict. And I think yeah. it would have introduced a whole other secondary character that was that was struggling with the ethics of it on the surface, as opposed to Evan, who's dealing with yeah. all internally. Not, not to like say that there's a different way to write this, but I did kind of, I couldn't stop thinking about that. I was like, why isn't that other character in his face point, about this? They let him go. And in, in the musical, he yeah. does have some stuff in the second act where he essentially does the, the um, Lizzie Kaplan, like, like, you are plastic like you're a mean girl like he, he essentially does that in the second act of the musical and they just totally wrote that out of this movie so maybe okay. maybe dave your All friends right. had a point that I, I missed before um but no but in this movie they let him go and then he just became they a totally loser let it go and uh, if they were gonna friends, let it go like there, i wish there they would have absolutely no yeah, there's like no consequence although that like they claimed that in the musical there was no consequence but then they show him in the movie like atone or try to at least yeah. try to atone they, they do that part they don't do in the musical correct but like by that point you just don't care yeah true, true, true. and i also felt that uh, now this is really this might be kind of sick but again be, sick. Be, because of the lack of that i kind of thought that they were going to push evan because uh, in my head i was just thinking there's nobody challenging this the entire time what's going to happen when shit finally hits the fan i thought he was going to try to attempt suicide yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought totally. they were going to raise the stakes so intensely that it was going to slingshot back and we were going to finally be on his side because he was willing to do that horrible deed. And maybe that was going to be what it was going to take for us as an audience to be like, I'm sorry, I ju- no, no, there's still time. There's still right. time. I forgive you. And, I then forgive his, you. and then his mom comes in and then they have that nice scene. That was a nice scene at the end. It was a nice scene. But, but he basically yeah. just felt bad about you know, it. To which be is, honest, I mean, you know, of course, I'm glad he felt bad, but I just don't know if it equalized... What, we, yeah. what it sounds like a lot of us mm. felt, which was, I don't know if there was enough consequence and yeah. accountability for conflict throughout to justify him just feeling bad about it at the end, which is basically, he just no, felt that's, bad. Those are, good, mm. those are good points. I mean, it's, points. it's a credit to the creative team that the, the only part of this film I really enjoyed and was interested in was the last 20 minutes. Really? Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I the like the opening. It opened with Wavy the so they cut, good, yeah. they cut the opening number from the musical, which is from the mom. Yes. The mom sings this song called Does Anybody Have a Map? And then it switches and whatever. And it's actually a pretty catchy song, but ultimately you're like, can I just can I just get to heaven? <laughs> um, but I actually <laughs> like that they started with Wavy Through Window, and I actually kind of like the 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 way they did it. But I did so you liked it. The opening was good, and then the last 20 minutes. Yeah, the and opening you will was be good, found. And, the last, and, and you, yeah. 
the you'll be found and yeah. also the the letter yeah. writing that like so there was it had its moments but in between that it was just like looking at your watch I, you're the, right the guy down the road from me was looking at his phone Th- there should have been it's like it, was it didn't long. hold anyone in my theater. There should have been more moments like Sincerely Me actually I think has, has some of the weaker lyrics in the show because they're writing the letters and so they're a little cheesy. They're kind of they're kind of for kids. And, um, and the but funniest it's, thing. But it, but it was a really fun. They, they did a good job with it, yeah. The funniest parallel I drew was all the repetitive lyrics. Yeah. Pissed me off in this. Yeah. Yet I loved it in Annette. Ah, hmm. uh, interesting. I- and I, I don't know whether it was because I just like those characters were more interesting and held me. But yeah, like when they started doing it doing this, I was yeah. like, oh, just you know, get, come on. Let's talk, about this, let's talk about the supporting cast a little bit because you said you can't fault the supporting mm. cast. I kind of think Amy yeah. Adams just kind of gets lost. Like nobody's talking about her afterwards. She's just sort of becomes... She has, a, she has that one scene where she stands the fuck out. She's good. Uh, she's, not, she's Amy yeah. Adams, but yeah, you're right. When she, when she confronts the, the husband, her husband, is that what you're saying? Uh, when when they, they all go for dinner. And the the argument afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, I like. Well, I think Kate Dever did. Yeah, sorry, Julianne Moore over when they go out for dinner. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. When yeah, I don't know. Her. Yeah, sorry. I mean Julianne Moore because they. Yeah, I get those two confused. They look very oh, alike. No, Julia Julianne Moore is the one that all the reviewers yeah. are like. She stands out, which is funny because they really let yes. her go. And that's actually a, a funny thing in the musical. Amy, where a, you forget Amy Adams played this to a T though because she did, you yeah, were like, she did right, yeah. oh, she has yeah. gone off the edge. Like she, she is not stable, and he is yeah. fucking with her, and it's not cool. Like that was the other part that made me really uncomfortable. It's like Amy Adams played it so well yeah. that she was off her rocker with grief, and yeah. then she's being manipulated by this kid who, at first, meant well, but then, you know, I'm kind of also dating your daughter now. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't it, really touch on that yeah. at all. It was not. Did they really like, go to this prom did together? Not sit well with me. I couldn't at all. even like. Did they? Because that was actually creepy. It was like, did they go to prom together? Or not? I don't even know if they did. Until like, what happened yeah. in that montage, I couldn't. I wasn't did the family sure. ever know that yeah. they started dating? That they did they give their blessing? <laughs> like they never really talked about that. Okay, that's that's a fault. Um, did you guys see the show Little Fires Everywhere? It's based on the book. No. It was Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. Mm. Amy Adams has a very similar role to to Reese Witherspoon, although race versus this is, is obviously a different subject matter. But uh, Reese Witherspoon was more like fierce about it like she was like whereas amy adams was very passive but they both played that like wealthy wealthy white woman that didn't that is capable of working obviously educated but since they don't need to they don't work and therefore they just kind of are in this wallowed kind of gray area very white privilege that white privilege thing comes up a lot when talking about dear evan hansen like if evan was Mm. was not white he'd probably be in jail to that i would say if tony from west side story was a shark he would have been in jail or deported. That's something to think about in a couple months when that comes out. But the white privilege yeah, thing December. is the white the white privilege thing is really interesting. But but the, the character Amy Adams plays is similar to Reese. I thought Caitlin Dever did a nice job with Zoe, and I think the director could have helped her along here and there. But I I kind of I kind of liked her her arc a little bit, and I thought she played it pretty well. What do you guys think about her as Zoe? I think she was great. I think so too. John. Mm. Yeah, I think no... she did the job. I think she did the job. I think uh, what I did like about her was that I was not. I wasn't familiar with her. And mm, while Amy uh, Adams and Julianne Moore are enormously... You're about to be. She's, she's in everything now. Yeah. So, yeah. Go yeah, see I, Booksmart. I, Booksmart's I fun. Oh, fuck. I have, well, I have seen Booksmart. Yeah, uh, Book, Booksmart's on the list. I haven't yeah. seen it. I forgot about oh, it. It's on our list of I've seen it twice. things I should have seen by now. It's really fun. I, I have seen not seen it. So, yes. Yeah, I forgot that was her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll do it next week. Well, either way, yeah, I think it still stands <laughs> for the point I'm about to make. Julianne Moore and Amy Adams are, are so huge. Sometimes I think Benifer, uh, theater benefits from Benifer. not having huge recognizable names. 
unless you're a Broadway musical nerd, you probably have no idea who's on stage most of the time, which is so lovely because then archetypes and supporting characters have no expectation around them as an audience member. You're kind of sitting there waiting for Amy Adams and Julia Moore to like, all right, where's their scene? Where's their moment? And I'm not saying they don't bring it when they do have opportunities, but I could see those characters, especially in this adaptation on the page, being written as such so that the archetypes would just suggest just enough to be a vehicle for the next scene for Evan Hansen. And I think that sometimes I kind of was leaning in when they were on, when they were on screen and I kept thinking, aren't they going to write these characters a little bit more? So it's not just the archetype over and over and over again, the working mom who's struggling to be there and the grieving mom who's kind of beside herself and is Mm. totally blind to all these other things. So that, that helped me back just a little bit, but I got to say, guys, let's just pause for a second. I did have issues with this movie. I'm not, I'm, I'm being honest here. All the things that I've agreed with with you, Dave, I did feel that way. I felt that way while I was watching it. It did not get in the way of me being thankful that this movie was made and that there's a lot of issues that are, you know, addressing mental health head on, especially for a generation that is extremely overprescribed, not in a bad ethical, like I, I'm judging them for being overprescribed. Hmm. It's just, it's true. And they're talking about it. And I would be hard pressed to imagine people weren't emotionally moved by this in some way so that they were at least thinking about the person they knew who struggles yeah. oh, with it, depression, anxiety. It, it got me, it know. got me at least once. Like, like I said, I related to the character who like when they were sitting on the swings, she's like, Oh really? I don't have problems. Like the person who takes on every project. So I don't have to deal with things. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh shit, that's me. Yeah, nice. Yes. Like, so yeah, everybody, more, every, everybody yeah. has a character in this. Like everybody has yeah. an anxiety in this. Like, let's talk but, about, and, Sorry, but ahead. unfortunately, it like it kind of gets lost a little bit sometimes. Well, so that's why. So wait, 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 that, why? Why do you think? Because I, I think I know what you're about to say, but um, it was just like they they touch on it and then dart away and go back to Evan. Yeah, and is it because so these people Evan's get their just, moment. Yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, about and then Evan's, you go back. You yeah. go back to this character that basically, if in this film, is written soulless. Like he's just going through the motions, doing what he does, and it's it's yeah. It, it kind of it almost got there, and it's great that it. Yeah, especially Dave, especially since as Jeff just clarified, I didn't know that Alana's character didn't have that song in the musical. They don't even do that Mm. in the musical. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like the musical was was riding more towards the ethical dilemma that doesn't actually get attacked head on as well as it does in the musical. Uh, The movie kind of cut that song you said in the second act where they call him out a little bit and maybe some of his Mm. internal songs. So, yeah, I do feel like there were opportunities to maybe go one way or the other and hit this head on, have more conflict for him and possibly try to make it a little bit more of a story about how everyone has their own version of this. And, you know, the relativity yeah. is important, but it's uh, maybe less important than the that, that than message the, got uh, through the communion. Got through. Of, yeah. Yeah. You do feel like that came through. Yeah, I do. It's, it's like the um, there's a there's an episode of Buffy that got uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'll throw mm-hmm. out there, nice. that uh, they got pulled off TV because it was a, a school shooting. Uh, and it was one of the kids up in the, ta- in the tower right. of the high school yeah. with a uh, with a rifle. And it was uh, basically the, the end crux of that. She makes a speech about, no, nobody did notice you because everyone's so wrapped up with the pain they're going through. Yeah. And like everyone's going through it, but you only see your own. Yeah. Mm. I think it's cool. And that, yeah, it was it, like that. Like, so that when they did that right, scene dude, on the so swings yeah. where she, yeah. She, All that, right, but that, you may have just hit it. Scene. Do you feel like this suffers, and Jeff, is the musical different? 
Do you feel like this suffers? Because if that was the point that they were trying to get to, Evan doesn't get there. Right. Stay, think- Evan stays with Evan's problem through the whole thing. Like he, he yeah. feels bad about what he did yeah. at the end. And he tries to reach out and get to know more about Connor. But it doesn't really it doesn't really uh, expand into Evan realizing, oh, my goodness, I've been so hmm. blind to my own dilemma that I haven't realized that we're all hurting. Yeah, you know, I, good point. No, the musical, the musical doesn't touch. I mean, he 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 does he does change like he does make progress. Like there is character development through it for sure. Like he gets to a point where he's he's trying to atone and he becomes more comfortable with himself and that sort of thing. But again, it's like if you fall back on like Robert McKee's story where they're talking about the plus and minus scenes and stuff like that. There are a lot of like there are a lot of scenes in this where the characters don't like. There's no plus or minus of any character in the scene. Yeah, it's just a scene, dude. Especially like in the back half, I think. But yeah, yeah. Especially so, in the back which half. is like, why it started to yeah. drag. It Dude, does I, feel... I carry, I carry that. I have co- two copies of that book. I carry with me at all times. We <laughs> pull it out in the theater and just referencing. The, the, yeah, the the, sto- the 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 book story. Yeah. <laughs> it was really a weird funny. combination for me, though. I, I was I was conflicted about that because I kept thinking that when I was sitting there, I was like, I don't I don't know if enough is happening in each of these songs. But I also don't know what else they could do because the plot is changing the characters. It is changing what's happening in the story, but they kind of felt the same. For There was a chunk in there mm. between like halfway and maybe two thirds through where I, wasn't, yeah. I didn't know if I felt like a lot was happening uh, emotionally. Yeah. And maybe it's because of that but conflict will, we already talked about. Like the, the biggest compliment I will give it is that it felt like a movie musical. Yeah. <laughs> because they changed location from point to point. They like they moved through the scenes. They had multiple locations. They used the film medium better than a lot of like for obvious, you know, things like Blame Is where they use the camera as a spotlight and stuff like right. that. So like I will give it that credit that it, it felt like a movie musical. Nice. Which is good. And I do think that this guy Steven Shabatsky. Yeah. Hmm. I do think he has a he has a real soft spot and a, an honest desire to try to get inside the minds of young people and, and what they're struggling yeah. with. I, I didn't feel like that was put on. So even if we're talking about the issues we're struggling with, I don't feel like directorially he was, I don't think he was trying to manipulate anyone. This is the material he was given. Well, and I felt like he was encouraging his actors to try to be honest and sincere about it and not go crazy over the top. And in, in response to, Dave, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I watched some videos of Ben Platt singing some of these songs on stage, and it does look like he brought it down like 80. percent It's just on film you need two percent, you know, like you you really he could have you know done maybe yeah, even especially less. when the camera's like in your face. Like, yeah, my yeah. God, he has a voice though. Um, Jesus Christ! But the, yeah, oh yeah, it. yes, yeah. You wow. can't. Follow, I do not. Shit. I will not say anything about the won, singing. Holy shit, dude! So he actually won an oh, Emmy boy. for this role too. So he won a Tony and then the Grammy and for a soundtrack, and then he won an Emmy. And it was I can't remember if it was for the Tony performance or if it was for uh, a morning show performance of You Will Be Found, but. Obviously, he's not going to win the Oscar for this, but but he he has three quarters of what he got just for this one role. <laughs> wow! When he was twenty three, when he was twenty three years old, dude. The the team that Shabowski put together, like you've got the cinematographer Brandon Trost, who has a hundred and two credits in cinematography, and like including like Ghost Rider two, <laughs> yeah. uh, and a lot of the things with the group of friends who made This Is the End and Disaster Artist. There's a lot of those in there, so I feel like he's in that crowd. Over there, um, he'll also and quick shout out to our friends at uh, Matt and Mark Movie Show. He'll be shooting Sonic Two. As the <laughs> wow! Wait, uh, that's the one that so, I'm guesting on because they said yes, they, we only do yes, we is. only do sequels. There, 
They're obsessed. Yep, they're obsessed. Uh, yeah. And uh, editor Emma Cabe, who had 37 credits, including A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh. Um, so, like, she, I feel like she did a great job, except for the, like, the two-second establishing shots. I, I, that, that was weird right. for me. Were there two cinematographers? Is that what he said? No, yeah. there was. She was the editor. Oh, she edited. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, man, those, well, remember those weird establishing shots where they like cut to something and then just cut straight into the action? Yeah. It's it's like you did, your brain didn't have time to register what was going on because it was on beat. Right. Oh, like and with it was the a music, weird choice. like literally. So yeah. 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 You know what they, they it was do? A the, weird, weird choice. What they, they do in the, in the musical? Back to the story is is Connor comes back and sings a song called "Disappear," basically about how we all vanish at some point, and and that they left out. They left Connor go, and it, they, yeah. So there's obviously there's structural things that that could have been so much better in this movie because Connor Connor should be haunting him the whole time. He really should be a ghost, and and they they let him go, so he didn't suffer the consequences. Mm. Everybody was right. All the reviewers were right to an extent, but they really missed the the boat and that's what made me angry i think well they were right but they went for shock value well they, and they also just they skipped over what the point of the movie was and they didn't give it any credit for the things that it was yeah. at least going for even though this is not the right person to tell the story perhaps um anyway enough about the critics I no just, no no i, I do no there. no i do agree i think it's no fuck the, the critics the <laughs> irony <laughs> that's why we're here yeah for the critics yeah. for the critics <laughs> i uh, the irony of like a story that's dealing with these kinds of issues and for critics to use such harsh language to try to tear down a story that's trying to celebrate right you know and also, Britain, i just thought that was I'm mad that they, they, they kept saying they kept say. saying they were exploiting mental health for the story and it's yeah, like the story the story does in a way the story not it doesn't depend on mental health but like his tics and his like his social awkwardness really leads to the lying right. and and even if you don't believe anyway enough with the critics that, it's is, just that like, is that is an easy thing to fall into if you want to say i'm going to write a story about mental health and someone's go if they want to be bitchy they'll, they'll say, say yeah that. you're exploiting i mental mean health. how many it's movies like, no, can you say i'm trying to write a story about mental health how many how many movies do they so, kill yeah. off a character just so that they can make everybody emotional you know what i mean they exploit death and every yeah movie talking so. to you george r r martin <laughs> All right. Well, uh, his world chess pieces. But anyway, I think we said enough about this movie. Um, go see it in theaters or wait till it's rented. And um, you have a lot of context if you haven't seen it already <laughs> for what's going to happen. So you'll be prepared. Yeah, don't, don't, don't listen to us. Go make your own choice. That's right. Um, no, don't, 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 wait, you say don't listen to us. We're a podcast. Listen, what do you mean don't listen, listen to, to us? us? Then go make yeah. your own choice. <laughs> Our intention was to try to raise this Sorry. up. I hope I know we get a lot of critique. <laughs> But I still think uh, I still think it's worth it's worth seeing. If you don't mind, you know, if, if you don't mind movie musicals, I think you should go see it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's that time of the show, folks, where we give you some recommendations of things we've been watching. It's been two weeks for us because John and I are in grad mm. school at the same time, which makes Dave's life really fun. Uh, although it was you <laughs> that asked to miss, but then we only came back with one movie because of us. So anyway, two weeks. What you've been watching, Dave? I fell into the uh, the pop culture crowd. I watched the uh, I'm, I'm two episodes in on American Horror Stories now. Nice. Um, don't know if I can recommend that. It, it kind of plays it safe. It's like it's like um, young adult American Horror Story. I want to say. Uh, but I also I caught the uh, Korean series Squid Game. That's, yeah. Okay. How was Holy it? Holy shit, dude! It starts off so normal, and then just fucks with your mind. This is the one where they're all in a real game and they're probably, they, they might die and they yeah, don't know what's yeah, going it's, on. It's, yeah, it starts off with a guy who's like down and out and they, they really play him down and out. And, um, and Netflix, in this case, has a, 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 like a, an, an English dub if you want to swap over to that. But I watched it with Korean 
in Korean and subtitles. But it's uh, yeah, it just it just starts off with this guy who's just down and out. He's lost custody of his kid. He owes the mob money. He's like, and then this guy turns up and gives him a card, and he gets gassed and wakes up in this complex, and all of a sudden, fucking sideways. And that's all I'll say. But apparently, like, I'm on episode, like, I'm about to start episode two. I've only watched one episode. But apparently episode six <laughs> put people in fucking therapy. So, oh like, it's, it's worth episode. a look. I can't it's worth it. Yeah, it's, it got me. It got me. I'm, like, I've been working my ass off this week. Like, I, I, yeah, it's, like, employee appreciation week at, at work. So, uh, all, all hands on deck. Uh, and uh, Do you feel appreciated? Yeah. I feel appreciated. I've got hours for the first time since 2019. So, yeah. Shit. <laughs> no shit. John, uh, John, what you been watching? Like I said, I'm busy as fuck too. So all I watched uh, this past week was uh, was The Farewell, Lulu Wings. It's on Amazon oh, Prime. Yeah. If anybody missed that. What do you think of it? Um, you know, I think that ethical dilemma is uh, presented in, in an ambiguous enough way so that it doesn't solve it for you. So it's a little frustrating depending on what side you might stand on. Uh, but the film is made really well. The performances are strong. I think it's you, definitely worth seeing. I enjoyed to, it. Do you have to write a paper on it, or do you just talk about it? Uh, both. Oh, damn. Yeah, but it's in, yeah, it was nice. in our ethics class, so you know we're using all these eth- ethical models yeah. to try to dissect it. Dude, and- we all we almost we <laughs> almost did this last week instead of taking a week off. That's right, guys. John tried to get us to do his homework. Yeah, that's true. Fuck. Yeah. No, I was Wait. just going to turn in the podcast episode. And then it, yeah, and, and then there, your your teacher is going to listen to the interviews and be like, "Those were all of Jeff's points, John." Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Considering you both have two votes each on the poll, it was uh, good. true. Um, so I, I'm also doing the grad school thing. So I haven't, I didn't like sit down to watch things, but I did my dinner. I always have like a workout show or and a dinner show. My dinner show is the 9/11 documentary on Netflix. And, is it good wow well I, I i was putting it off because i thought it was going to be about the conspiracy theories and it was way more about the geopolitics but the first episode almost all of it is new york on the morning of 9-11 and they show it with very explicit detail and it was it's like haunting like i definitely went to bed like at night and be like just think about anything else just think about something else don't think about that yep. and then wow. the geopolitics the Soviet i'm gonna put invasion. on powder puff girls yeah. yeah, I will say I will say if if they wanted it to be the definitive documentary, you, you just have to mention some of the things. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But when you show me every single angle of what happened in New York and then you don't explain why we don't have a single shot of what happened to the Pentagon and you just don't mention that like all that now it's weird. You know what I mean? Like, I wish they just yeah. mentioned it in some way, shape or form. Again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you got to give me one eyewitness. You got to give me one shot. If you are going to do this, Ken Burns, like a mini Ken Burns, yeah. you know, six part. And I wish they yeah. did. And it actually made me more suspicious, if I'm being honest, about that particular moment. Again, I'm not suggesting anything. I just, they showed the tower. I mean, I saw the towers fall in real time, I felt like. And I was like, holy shit, I was watching people dive, all the footage. But then it was way more about Afghanistan and Iraq and how the United States is the biggest just dumpster fire of military. I, I don't even know what you would call us. Like, why, why were we there? I don't know what we were doing. And I know everybody's been saying that for years, but they did a really good job with that. Just know that that's what you're in for if you go into it. That's my speech. Um, There you go. Thanks, everyone, for coming to Jeff's TED Talk. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys so, so. I really wouldn't have cared if they didn't show me so much in New York. Anyway, um, Mm. thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, We'll be back next week with more. Can't wait. 
Peace.